Welcome to Riding the Waves of Life, a Boundary Family Services podcast. Hello, families. Today we're talking with Rob Ogoloff. He's a certified financial planner with Some Life Financial, and he has been in the field for an amazing 30 years. So we're really happy to have him here to talk about financial planning within the family. Welcome, Rob. Hey, thanks for having me, Mel. Appreciate being here. Yeah, we love it when people come from the community that have information that's really pertinent to our families. Yeah, you bet. So, you know, you asked me to talk about like taxation and financial planning. So I'm not an accountant, but accountants and financial planners work a lot together. So what I wanted to do is go over, because right now it it is tax time. Mm -hmm. It is RSP time. So Mm -hmm. what I wanted to do is have a chat about some of the common uh, income tax deductions that are available to people that they should keep in mind. And then we can just talk a little bit about some financial planning tips. That'd be perfect. Yeah. So first, first thing to know is we all must file income taxes. And this year, the deadline that we need to file our income taxes is going to be May 1st. 2023. Oh, okay. So usually by the end of April, yeah. you know, have have all your slips ready and, and get those in. Because if you don't file, then Revenue Canada, they hit us with penalties and oh, they interest. Sure do. <laughs> and, you know, we don't want to owe them any more money than, no. than we need to. And if you owe them money, they want it right now. Boy, isn't that the truth? Yeah. But yet when they owe you money. Yes, it yeah. takes forever. <laughs> exactly. Sit on hold for yeah. hours on end and uh, try to sort that out. Yeah. So... First, first place to start is, you know, if you've got a child that's under the age of 16 years old, um, you may be able to claim childcare expenses. So these could be like daycare centers, summer camps, overnight boarding schools, and caregivers such as nannies. So make sure oh, okay. if if you're if you've got those types of expenses, mm-hmm. make sure you're you're recording them because there's some def- definite tax savings. And there. that's up to 16. Up to 16. Wow. Yes. And then childcare expenses must be deducted by the spouse with the lower income. Okay. So often people think that that would come off the higher income earner, right. but some of the tax credits, the way they work is for lower income spouses. Oh, okay. Um, you know, we see a lot of this blended families mm-hmm. or split families. So uh, spousal and child support payments. So those support payments that are sent to a former spouse and or children can have a noticeable impact on your tax bill. I mean, you know, most people know that, but these right. are just things to keep in keep in mind. Yep. You know, and here we have a lot of students, of course, to go to college, things like that. We do have Selker College here mm-hmm. in Kalsagar places, but, you know, we often see a lot of our kids heading out of town. Yeah. So student loan interest, that's another one. So oh. if you have a child or you're studying at a post-secondary institution, you can deduct the interest paid on a student loan if you receive the loan under the Canada Student Loans right. Act. So keep that in mind. Yeah, that's good to know. There's money that can be, uh, you know, saved there if you've got that. Because you're shelling out so much. You should be able to to get something back. (laughs) Yeah, and the planning that I do with clients right now, it's scary the amount of money that needs to be saved for post-secondary education. But a little bit of planning now, like when your child's born, you start putting the money a little bit aside. And we'll talk about this later on when I start talking about the financial planning aspects. There's money out there that the government's handing out that you want to make sure you're taking advantage Mm. of. Right now, Wednesday is the deadline for RSP contributions. Right. So maximizing RSP contributions. So of course, when you 
contribute to an RRSP, that gets deducted off your income immediately. And that's so, always at the end of February, isn't it? It is. A lot of people will do it a couple ways. They'll have an employer-sponsored plan. So they'll save the taxes immediately because right. it's deducted right off their check. Or you come in and see somebody like myself or a bank or a credit union um, before the end of February and you, and you put money in an RSP, you'll mm-hmm. save taxes depending on what your, right. your income level is. So that, you know, when you file your taxes by the end of April, whatever you've put in RSPs, say you put yes. in a thousand dollars today, that gets um, taken right off yeah. your income. Yeah. You know, and things to keep in mind. Uh, it, and it, I recommend people speak to a financial planner or their banking consultant, mm-hmm. um, depending on their income, you want to make sure if RSPs make sense yes. or, or not. Yeah. I remember switching from that to my tax-free savings account because I started, I changed my job and I was making less. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it makes sense because later on in life, it could, if you're putting in money in an RSP now and you don't get the biggest deduction or your income's low, then it affects yeah. benefits that you get later on. So it's yeah. always good to kind of run that scenario through. Property taxes, of course, we're seeing more and more a lot of uh, landlords in town. You know, yes. you're seeing on Facebook all, you know, everybody's having a hard time finding finding rent. So for landlords out there, you know, you can claim property taxes on rental property. Make sure you're taking advantage of that. Employed and self-employed tenants can claim partial rent payments as a home office expense if they use their oh. home for employment. And I'm noticing lately a lot of home-based businesses a lot of people relocating to Grand Forks and they're working remotely so just make sure you talk to your tax professional that maybe you could write off some interest yeah part part of your home heating and property taxes all that kind of stuff make sure you're taking advantage of that and then another one is association and union dues Mm -hmm. so of course we've got um, people working with employers that are part of a union you're able to write those fees off they're tax deductible oh okay so that will reduce your income yeah you know, if you're working at the mill and yeah, you're part yeah. of a union, you'll see that. So just make sure, you know, a lot of people I find are still doing their taxes themselves and they might be missing out right. on those deductions. So make sure. That's good to know because there's that lots of families where their partners work at the mill and stuff like that. Absolutely. Union, so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Tuition expenses. Now, this is a big one. Uh, if you're going for post-secondary tuition fees, um, those can be deducted. Um, Qualifying students can check the tax form from their educational institution then to learn how much tuitions fees were paid this year. And sometimes, you know, that can be quite significant and parents often claim Mm -hmm. this because the kids don't have income. Right. So definitely, you know. Being aware of that. Being yeah. aware of that and and taking advantage yeah. of that because it could be huge because yeah. nowadays uh, it's expensive it's to go so to school. It's so expensive to go to school. It's yeah. horrible, but that's yeah, what it is. I've woken up in the middle of the night because I have twins. They're going to be 12 here in April and yep. knowing that both of them are heading to school at right. the same time. So I'm just like, wow. <laughs> so we're making sure we're, we're sticking yes. money aside for them. Moving expenses is another one that you want to make sure you're taking advantage of. And this is for people that if you move, say, 40 kilometers closer to your work, a new business, or even for post-secondary schooling, you can claim expenses for that move. And this would include expenses such as storage costs, travel expenses, temporary living expenses, say, if you have to be in a hotel or something like that, and the cost of counseling a lease and more. Oh, wow. And you may want to check the website uh, for each 
province right. or wherever we live, uh, there's a certain amount per kilometer that we can we can claim. Oh, and, okay. Uh, you know, last time I, I I don't know that figure, but right. we did that for you know medical. Yeah. You know, like yeah, 50, yeah. 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 Fifty two cents a kilometer, and that that changes regularly. So right. I would just make sure you. you I didn't check realize that. that was for moving too. I knew it was for medical. Yep. No, for moving oh, also, really? especially if you have to relocate relocate for a new job. Right. And then uh, leading into that is the medical and charitable expenses. So you may receive a partial deduction for charitable donations and certain medical expenses. So this could include any medical cannabis products you purchase as a patient. Spouses should consider pooling contributions on one spouse's tax return for maximum benefit. So that, that would be things like, you know, you're donating to your church. Right. You get the phone calls for Red Cross and yeah. uh, those types of things. It does benefit the person um, with the lowest income again. Oh, okay, those... so the person, if you're, do, if you're doing charitable things, the person with the lowest income should be the one. To claim it, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and pool it. So if the other person that's higher income, you know, contributes to something, you know, maybe hand those off to the yeah. lower income spouse. Oh, because, okay. yeah, tax credits, they work a little bit different. Right. Tax deductions benefit people with higher income and tax credits, credits. Uh, benefit people with lower. lower income. Okay. Home buyer's amount, that's a... Uh, Another one that you can claim a $5,000 tax credit if you purchased your first home and did not live in any other home by you or your partner in the past four years. Oh. So people, most people are aware that you can take money out of savings, RSPs for, yeah. for home buyers withdrawal, but there is a tax credit that you can get the home buyers amount. Oh, okay. So again, if you're filing your taxes yourself, yeah. making make sure you're taking advantage yeah. of these. And nowadays, you know, like... A lot of people will deal with an accountant. We have a lot of mm-hmm. um, excellent accountants in town, but a lot of people are choosing to do online. Yes, on, you know they got a simple couple slips here or there. Yeah, but just make sure that you're you're taking advantage of those. No, I've had multiple people now. They're like, I just do it online. It's free yeah. and it's easy. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to miss anything. Absolutely, <laughs> but they've they've got easy steps that can yeah. walk walk you through it, so you yeah. don't miss anything. But you just have to be aware because if you're not aware that you can claim that, it'll skip over yeah. that that form anyway gst rebates on new housing if you've done substantial renovations or purchased or built a new home similar provision does exist for landlords so again just check into that uh to get it because a lot of times on new build or renovations right. we're, we're paying gst on a lot of yes. those so keep of, all your receipts absolutely and, yeah. and just check it out and that's why i like going to an accountant because i do yeah. my planning and all and that's what i focus on and the taxes i let the accountant yeah. figure all that out Capital gains, always try to leverage your tax-free and RSP accounts because the interest earned in these accounts are tax-free. So, for example, you see a lot of people you know, sometimes want to play stocks or whatever mm-hmm. like that. If, if you're doing that in a tax-free or an RSP and let's say you have a capital loss, those types of things, you can't write that off. Whereas if it's held in a just a regular uh, savings account that's not RSP or tax-free right. and you happen to take a bath because somebody gave you a tip and it didn't work out right. if you then sold it out then you can claim the loss there and oh. likewise there there is there is a gain right if it goes the other way right and then you'll have whereas if it's in a tax-free savings account you don't have to that's right yeah, so yeah it's you kind won't of have a... to do the game so you gotta you gotta yeah. kind of see, making sure that the right accounts are set up right for, the way they for what be. you want to do, and that's where we're you know like when I work with my clients, we have those discussions. Yeah. Self-employed business expenses. Again, we talked about that a little bit earlier mm-hmm. with home-based businesses, but there's there's various business expenses that like advertising, bank fees, office supplies. You know, yeah. you have to buy paper for your home office. 
travel expenses. A lot of people aren't aware that, you know, if you right. travel because you have to do a course or you have to yeah. attend a meeting in trail or Kelowna or something like that, that you can write that off. Yeah. Just make sure you keep all your receipts. Absolutely. When you're doing all those things. Portion of your utilities. And usually they figure out what your square footage of your home is. And if your home office is, you know, say a hundred square feet yeah. and you're, and it's 10% of your house, then, you know, reasonable, you can, right. you can write that off. The disability tax credit, that's another one that helps disabled individuals and family members reduce the amount of income tax they pay. And basically, to qualify for that, you have to qualify for the disability tax credit. Right. So a doctor basically tells you that, you know, you're living with a severe mental or physical disability. Yeah. And these payments, they do vary by province. Mm -hmm. Uh, but if you qualify for this credit, it can really open the door to other benefits. Right. And that's, you know, tax savings, but also the registered disability savings yeah. plan. We do a lot of those for clients. And, you know, we're going to talk about that too as, as a financial planning tool when I we get into that part. Yep. And it, it's it's huge, the savings or the amount of grants and money that's available. Yeah, there is lots. Uh, another one, you know, and I'm just ta talking about probably the top, you know, 15 or 20 right. of the tax credits that are available and then definitely speak to your accountant make sure you do the research if you're doing it on your own is there any websites that you can go to that has them listed they are um canada revenue agency definitely okay. has is a good resource that because sometimes you'll put in google and you'll get you'll go down a rabbit hole of different, yeah, yeah, different yeah. pages but usually their page does show up and it, it, it'll have all all, all the, the tax stuff credits yeah. okay good absolutely uh, Canada Workers Benefit is another one. If you're a low-income worker, you can claim the Canada Workers Benefit when you file your taxes. And this basically provides up to 1400 bucks, just under 1400 bucks for single individuals and 2400 bucks for families. And it also includes disability supplement if you have an approved disability right. tax credit certificate. And that's, you know, the form yeah. that Revenue Canada, they've received your doctor's report yeah. and it's on file that they've approved you. And then if you qualify, you can request advanced payment, which allows you to receive half of your benefit in four separate payments. Oh. Basically, they give you some extra, extra money. Yeah. And then the, the last one here that I want to touch on is the Canada training credit. And this supports workers over the age of 26 by reducing barriers to professional development. And it basically offers $250 every year, $5,000 lifetime limit for eligible tuition and other courses. Oh, okay. You know, for upgrading and yeah, things like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And how are you eligible for that? You know, again, you know, I'll do the research. Like, right. I'm not yeah. an accountant, so right. I don't have exactly. specific yeah. information on a lot of these types yeah. of things. But look um, into it. Yeah, look, yeah, look it into it. Like... So, so if you think, so if you're over 26 and you know you lose a job or you need right. to upgrade yourself, check into. Look into there, it. there might be some supports and and some well, tax good. credits that's that's available. Yeah. To you, you know, we've kind of talked about taxation and mm -hmm. and those types of things. Uh, financial planning, like I said, they, they go hand in hand because when I'm meeting with people and talking about finances, usually taxation is, is kind of a place to start. You ask what their income is. Yeah. You ask, you know, what what they do for jobs and, you know, if they have children or not, if, if they're disabled or, mm -hmm. you know, things like that. So because you need to be aware of that. So usually when I'm when I sit down with a client, the first place like for financial planning that we start is having a chat and talking about their budget. So I always recommend people create a budget that yes. is the first step because without knowing 
how much you make, how much you spend and where your money's going, it's hard to plan of how much you need to save for retirement or, you know, do you need insurance or all these types of things. So, um, I've got some good forms that I give clients, you know, spreadsheets for budgets, but there's lots available online. You know, it's, it's a good, good exercise to go through that. Geez, we make this and we outlay this and this is how much we're spending on entertainment or food or, you know, vehicles and then what's left over at the end, you know, can be shocking. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you say, well, I don't have money to save. And meanwhile, you know, to another 20 years goes by and you're yeah. 50 years old and it's like, geez, I didn't really save anything. Yeah. So it's always good to kind of know where, you're, where, where your money's going. And it's good to teach your kids that too. Absolutely. Right. And it's actually, it can become a very simple kind of mathematical thing to teach them is like, okay, so let's, you know, we have this much money this month. Yeah. We need to spend this much on this, that much on that and figure it out. You know? Absolutely. Like, yeah. We've gotten the habit with our kids, like when they get birthday money and stuff like that, like they, they love saving now because, yeah. you know, they watch dad and I go, yes. I tell them that's what I help people with. But when they get birthday money, we try to tell them, okay, let's take X amount and let's say you get a $50 bill. Let's take 20 of that and you put it away. It's gone. Like for, yeah. for long term. Then maybe you want to give some of they like supporting the food bank and stuff oh, that's like that. Awesome. So, so they've, they like to give yeah. away a little bit of money Yeah. also, but I, and then, and then they have a little bit left over that then they could use to spend on whatever, yeah, they, whatever they, they want. want. Yeah. Cause nothing, you know, irks me more than, you know, that constant, Oh, can I buy a Roblox? Can I buy a Roblox? Oh, <laughs> All these things, you know, it's yeah. no different that is basically, it's like a casino, but for, yep. for kids, you yep. know, we go to a casino, spend, you know, 20 bucks and it's gone in 10 minutes. Well, yep. that's how I feel that that is for oh, them. Oh, definitely. Especially with the online stuff. Yeah, it is. Playing a game and they're like, you can buy... 2,000 gems for $20. And I'm like, it's a video game. You're not receiving anything real from this. (laughs) Yeah. So I try to tell them, okay, you know, you got to have some that you put away for the long term down the road. If you need a new bike or or something like that, something that's tangible. And then if you want to take a portion of that and just blow it, then then whatever. It's fine. And then they realize, and I'm making them use their own money for this more and more. So they can realize, I had to take $20 out of my savings account to blow it on something that I'll never see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So they're, they're getting the hang that it's, oh, that's good. it's not feeling yeah. too great anymore. Yes. <laughs> wasting, wasting their yeah. money rather than mom and dad's. Yeah. My children are just like, I'm poor. I'm like, well, think about where it went. <laughs> Let's figure this out. Yeah. <laughs> and so, how are you going to earn it? Exactly. Yeah. So the next thing we look at is, is debt. You know, that's yes. one of the biggest things that I find can be a challenge, especially with young people. You know, they might get carried away and start using their credit cards quite right. a bit. So it's tracking your debt, you know, yeah. and finding out what, what's good debt and what's bad debt. Of course, mortgages are necessary because yeah. who can go out and buy a home for four or $500,000? Yeah, who's got cash? Exactly. But, it, and it's just kind of taking a look at the interest rate on all mm-hmm. these types of debts and, and saying, hey, when you explain to them that you got this credit card that's at 20% or 18% interest, you know, at the minimum payment, it's going to take you 40 or 50 years to pay it off, yeah. you know, on a $5,000 balance or something. It becomes shocking. So we try to kind of, that's where the budget comes in handy right. that, oh, geez, maybe I shouldn't be spending as, as much money and, and just working with, with people to kind of go over that. Figure out what things are needed. 
what what's a want what's a need and what's essential isn't that the truth yeah, yeah. and it's always you know the to living comfortably the single most important rule really is um spend less than you make and it's hard especially now mm. interest rates have gone up oh inflation spending. is crazy yeah going yeah. to you know a head of lettuce and oh, romaine lettuce seven oh bucks God. for or whatever yeah like, it's ridiculous yeah. so it's hard but it's it's trying to develop those habits of trying to live you know live within your within your means yeah yeah absolutely because there's lots of costs involved that we don't see yeah all that kind of stuff another one that we really talk about is talking about mortgage insurance that that's a big one um sometimes you know when we compare bank coverage with personal coverage a lot of times people aren't aware that you know with with bank coverage you pay a set amount and as your mortgage goes down you're still paying that same premium and if you change lenders you got to go through questions all over again whereas if you have it personally it could could in off in a lot of cases save you a bit of money but also you have that coverage and it will pay whatever you buy on day one so you know so if in 10 years your two hundred thousand dollar mortgage is now a hundred you know, they pay off a hundred, we pay off the two and stuff like that. So it's making sure that your money's going to, the, you know, getting good value for what, 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 you're, what you're doing for. there. Yeah. Next up is making sure you're claiming all your credits and deductions for which you're entitled. So like, like we just talked yeah, about. Yeah, being make, aware of that list. Absolutely. Checking it out, talking to your accountant about it, or if you're doing it yourself, making sure you go online. Yeah. And checking out the list. Investing is another... And the next step after you got a budget and you take a look at, you know, your controllable priorities, like passing away too soon and things like that, is investing. Like, you know, right. how, mu- how much do I invest? When should I start investing? And obviously, the younger you are, the, the more better. you have time on your hand and you can take advantage of things yeah. out there. And, you know, there's definitely a lot of things out there that a person could get into. So it's just making sure... One, you do something that's according to your risk, you know, rather than right. tip. You'll hear a lot of, like, it was it a couple of years ago or I forget what it was that GameStop or was a, oh, a yeah, big, yeah. big thing. It ran up and made a lot yeah. of people money and then, then it was gone and it was gone. It's just, and I heard people were borrowing against their house to do that. Oh my and by God. that time, by the time that frenzy happens and it drops yeah. out and then all of a sudden you're left and, you know, with a fraction. So yeah. It, it could be scary getting involved in things like that. Yeah, high stakes stuff yep. is not, it's usually for the people who can manage when it drops like Absolutely. that, right? That you still have other resources. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So RSPs, we talked about a little bit of that, that the, it's RSP season right now that ends at the end of February. But again, those are good good vehicles because like it says, it, it does reduce your, your income yeah. Yeah. Dollar for dollar. So if you put a thousand dollars in and you're making fifty thousand dollars, now you're paying tax on forty nine. Right. Yeah. But again, it, it's it's not for not for everybody. Well, yeah, it's dependent on how high your income is. If yeah. It's going to yeah. Obviously, the higher your income, yeah. the more tax you're yeah. going to save. Yeah. Registered education savings plans. Again. Yes. Those are important and. They're a lot different than they used to be many years ago. Like when I first started, you would lose your interest if your kid didn't go to school. And now that's not the case. But the government will match 20% of what you put in up to a maximum of $500. So if you're putting in $2,500, the government will give you 20% of that. Is that every year? That's every year. Awesome. And definitely a, a good tool. 
And when your kid is between six and nine, and a lot of people aren't aware of this, when there's the British Columbia Training and Education Savings Grant, right. they'll give you $1,200 just by filling out paperwork. You don't even have to contribute to a re- registered education right. savings plan. You could just open one up with a bank or someone like yeah. myself and fill out the paperwork and they'll give you the money. You know, But yeah. again, your kid has to be six and maximum age of nine. And right. You know, there's, I still see a lot of people missing out on this one. Like, make sure oh, you... it's 1200 bucks. 1200 bucks. You know, a like, couple, couple kids, it's $2,400. Yeah. Let it grow for a while. And, you know, yeah. maybe it's twenty five dollars or $3,000. It pays for one semester of books or something yeah. like that. So make sure you guys aren't missing out on, on, yeah. on that one. Uh, the Registered uh, Disability Savings Plan... We touched on that earlier. So if you have a child with a physical or mental disability, then definitely set one of these up. Annual contribution of $1,500 can get you an annual grant from the government of up to $4,500. Oh, wow. So I wish RSPs worked like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so depending on your income level, it is income tested. So if you're... If you're in that middle road, I have clients putting in 1500 bucks a year and they mm. usually get about $3,500 grant from the government. Wow. So really, that's great. it adds up. Yeah, yeah. Tax-free savings accounts, that's another tool definitely worthwhile because everything that you earn in that in that contract, any interest that you earn or any growth that yeah. happens, you don't pay any don't pay any tax you don't get a write-off from it right like an rsp but it's just another tool to add for retirement income yeah. or rainy days for later later yeah. on in life and when it's taken out do they then tax it no there is so let's say you put you've put in 10 grand it's grown to twenty thousand dollars now and you decide to pull it all out yeah so that's twenty twenty thousand dollars that comes out you don't pay any tax on that mm-hmm. and then the following year you're allowed to put that 20 back in oh okay yeah and january of this year they just increased the limit to sixty five hundred dollars oh cool which is good yeah you know they it's been six thousand dollars for many years yeah and then they finally upped it to 65 so and again when talking about all these types types of accounts people often ask well geez how am i gonna just contribute to all these different things yeah and, and come up with the money and the big thing is just setting up an automatic payment yeah you know that pre-authorized yeah. pay yourself first you know pick an amount it doesn't have to be much i mean i think at one point i lowered mine to 50 dollars a month yeah but it, but it still was putting that 50 dollars a month away absolutely right? like it's more than nothing absolutely yeah yeah and then and then uh diversifying you know you gotta have some short-term money in case emergencies come mm-hmm. up but also taking advantage of of markets and long-term growth because especially now interest rates have come up inflation has come up so you know even to beat inflation you know person needs to be earning a a decent rate of return to just stay pace with inflation and their hopes is that they want to bring inflation back down to that two three percent level and hopefully we'll we'll get there in the next couple years yeah But, but definitely diversifying making sure you're got a mix of long-term funds yeah. along with your short-term emergencies definitely help and then sticking with your plan uh, that is really one of the most important things like that i stress for people like you know last year was a really it was poor in the markets markets mm-hmm. were down it didn't seem didn't matter what you're invested in it seems yeah was, things were volatile but again if you're putting in a consistent monthly amount every every month what happens is your dollar cost averaging so when markets are going down you're buying more and then as they go up 
you know, and, and the longer you're in with the plan, then the short-term fluctuations really. That's why I don't even really keep recent track. Usually no. it's like I look at my annual thing and go, okay. And then it shows you previous years, Absolutely. right? And you just, you see it do that up and down. But in the end, you usually come out on, you know, even or on top. Getting stressed out about it being really dipped down if you're not on a really high risk portfolio. Yeah. You know, it, it's okay. Yeah. Insurance is another touchy su- subject, but it's part of financial planning, making mm-hmm. sure that uh, ensuring that you have the proper amount of coverage and the proper types of insurance. It's definitely a crucial ingredient to a solid financial plan. Like you can save up for ten years in an RSP and maybe have twenty or thirty thousand dollars, and if something happens to either one of you, then all of a sudden all the debts need to be paid yeah. and and replacement of income, and that's one of the biggest things that that I see that can be a challenge is you know the life insurance and also critical illness coverage you know you get diagnosed with cancer mm-hmm. you know one thing you pass away that expense stops but critical illness that usually goes on for a while yeah. and the other spouse has to take time off work and now yeah. they're not getting paid so making sure that you have the right types of coverage so you're not raiding the retirement plan just to survive now and that's the big big one there well we always get bugged by our financial planner about having a will (laughs) which i figure was probably next (laughs) that was and actually yeah to wrap things up that was the last thing that i was going to uh talk about was definitely wills and estate planning because off you know people that when they're single you know they think ah i don't need a will but often they do you know having a will it, it, it's your wishes of what you want done. Yeah. And usually now you've started to have a little bit of assets. You've got to, you know, even nowadays, you know, younger kids, they've got a snowmobile, they've got a truck, all these kinds yeah. of Then there's the debt that comes along with that. Yeah. And if they pass away, they don't have a will. So now all this, this assets are tied up in the estate. It's got to go through probate, mm-hmm. which can take six, eight months yeah. or longer. Yeah. Mom and dad are scratching their head, you know, trying to deal with stuff. Can't sell the truck, can't sell, yeah. you know, the snowmobile just to pay off the debt. So all this stuff just sits there. So, yes. Know, Having a will, you know, tells what what should happen, and also the insurance, of course, to pay off the debt so mom and dad are. Well, stuck. it just makes it so much easier for the families, right? Like definitely it's because you everything, like you said, gets tied up in everything. There's probate and there's tax and all the things, right? And it's not the time in your life when you want to be dealing with that. It should be very simple. Absolutely, yeah. And, and especially if you've got children, you yes. definitely need to make sure you've got a will and then and then a guardian in place to yeah to make sure because what you what you want to have is control on what you want to have happen yeah after you pass away rather than the government stepping in and, exactly and saying what happens or where the kids go yes and, and things like that and 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 it's it's a good feeling like you know we've done that because you know we, we've got twins and you know we had to and we've we've taken a little bit overboard that you know, if we were to pass away, like who looks after our kids? So yeah. then we've got a close family member that would take them. But then you start thinking, well, what if ha- happens somebody, right. something happens to that person, you know? And then, yeah. but there's ways to kind of really hit every eventuality and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So definitely a will. And they're, they're not 
they're not expensive to draft up, you know. No. Like you, a lot of people could do it online, but I recommend, especially if you have children and there is sizable assets, you know, you got a house and, you know, you know, half a million or a million dollars worth yeah. of life insurance. Yeah. Definitely talk to a lawyer and get things set up properly yeah. because it's well worth, you know, five, six hundred bucks or yeah. whatever it costs to, to get done. And then along with that, the lawyer will recommend that you get a power of attorney. Mm-hmm. And usually that that's a document that allows whoever you're, you grant that power to that they can transact business on, on yeah. your behalf. Let's say you're lying in a coma and you're not going to come, come to, and then you got to make a decision to sell the house or, right. or do something. You need that document to be yeah. able to do that. So yeah, those definitely come, come in handy. It is and, important. And, I, and I've seen it happen both ways where one, those documents haven't been in place and it can be tied up for, for years right. and, and the hassle with the power of attorney. And so stressful and yeah. just not, not extra stress that families need when they've had a loss like that. No, that's for yeah. sure. It's just getting around to doing it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We were actually Uh-oh. just talking about it yesterday. Oh, no, I'm not going to sleep. <laughs> I'm going to be bugging you. Make sure you get that done. I know. I know. Yeah. So how old are your kids? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was an interesting conversation with them, though, telling them what it was and like yeah. what it meant and who would they want to be with and, yeah. you know, all that stuff, which was, yeah, it was a good conversation to have. We are going to do it this year. I've made sure I'm like, we're, we're doing it. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like, of course, because I, I do what I do, we have these conversations with my kids, and I'm pretty uh, yeah pretty blunt and open yeah. with them or whatever. And I I just did a policy on my kids last year because I wanted I got them a life insurance policy for for later on, yeah. and I explained how it worked. Hey, so Zach really gets that. He understands. My daughter, she couldn't care. Just right. Like, yeah. Yeah. She's or, yeah. or whatever. It's like, well, whatever. So I explained that at 65, you're going to have X amount of dollars, but if you pass away, it's worth this much. So he's already thinking, he said, so dad, I can keep it till when I pass away, I can leave that amount of money to my kids, your, your yeah. grandkids. And I says, exactly. So he says, oh, so he's oh, already kind of thinking ahead yeah, when he's yeah. older that this will be something that yeah. he can leave for his kids. Yeah. So. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. great. But I says, if we need to rate it for you to go to school or start a business, right. I says, there's some money there. Yeah. And if you turn out that, you know, you don't listen to me, your mom and yeah. dad all this time, I go, we're cashing it in for our retirement. <laughs> we'll have fun with it. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. So uh, that, that was kind of an interesting conversation, yeah. but definitely share it with your kids. Yeah. You know, because they need to be aware that stuff can happen. Yeah. And, and it's important to have those hard conversations. Yeah, and have that in place. And also, depending on the age of your children, if they're older and understand it, letting them have a say in where they go. Absolutely. Right? And as they get older, you know, you know they're going to be 12 here soon. You know, they're already understanding a lot more. Yeah. And it was a lot more crucial to make sure that things were in place when they're babies yes. and yeah. whatever. But now, you know, if something did happen, they'd go live probably with my sister and, yeah. and you know, they're already older. So they're getting close to being out the door. Yeah. On yeah. Their not, own. not as so, a thing anymore. So the, the planning that we've done now is a is lot good. different yeah. than it was. Well, and that's the thing is it's an ever changeable document. Absolutely. Too, right? yeah. It's not set in stone right when you make it, you can always go back and say, okay, this has changed in our lives. So we want to change. Absolutely. This part. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. These are the basics. Yeah. And, and like uh, the big thing I'd stress to people is just make making sure you have these conversations with, yes. with whoever you feel comfortable with and 
making sure you're not missing out one on the tax stuff yep. and then having financial conversations because usually a certified financial planner will take you through a process and just making sure that everything's yeah taken care of yeah and sitting down if you if you have a spouse or a partner sitting down with them and coming up with a budget and absolutely figuring that out before especially before you make big purchases too like absolutely you know before my husband and i bought our house i sat down with him and i said okay here's our budget here's what we can actually afford for a mortgage because i remember the bank saying you can afford this much but that's like your entire uh all of your income yeah would be going towards the mortgage payment right i'm like no 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 no. yeah we have that (laughs) we need to reel this in yeah you could borrow x amount yeah there's no way no (laughs) yeah so having that in mind when you're purchasing big purchases is is actually budgeting first to know what you can't afford. Yeah. And then yeah. prepare for contingencies because like right now, interest rates have gone yeah. up. So, you know, like we, we have a small payment and small mortgage and our payment yeah. went up basically by 50%. Oh my goodness. But it's still a small payment. Right. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta stress test your financial plan. Yeah. So like if you go for a mortgage and it's $2,000 a month, ask yourselves, well, if it goes up to 3,500, yeah, can, can we afford it? that? And it's yeah. like, you know, so yeah, you gotta take a look at that. Yeah. Anyways, well, thank you, Rob, for coming in during the busy season here. Oh, no problem. <laughs> I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, hopefully we'll have you back again. And we can uh, talk some more. You bet. Thanks All for right. having me. Thanks, Rob. Riding the Waves of Life is funded by the Public Health Agency of Canada and provided through Boundary Family Services. All podcast equipment was provided through a grant from the Phoenix Foundation.